Hello and welcome to The Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the epilogue for Dearest Ones. These are the letters that our hero, the Silver King, wrote to his family throughout the war. It's July 1945. Stanley continues to write from A-72, north of Paris. And he wrote five letters within the first ten days of July. And that's all he had for his family. July was a difficult month for the king because in these letters he expresses his understanding that it will be a while before he gets home. In fact, in his first letter, he relates that in his forecast, he won't see Birmingham until October. Stanley writes to his family on July 3rd, 1945, Dearest Ones, I have four more of your letters and a package. The package was mailed June 12th. That's really fast. Thanks for the food. It surely will taste good later tonight. Tomorrow is your birthday, Dad. This will be a little late in reaching you, but please know my thoughts will be of you and wishing you a very happy birthday. I do hope it's a beautiful day for you as a beginner for a happy, happy, and prosperous coming year. And I pray that this will be the last one you'll celebrate without your entire devoted family to help. Remember last year? We were out at Dave's farm having a wonderful time. Three men in the squadron left for the States this morning. They had the highest number of missions. So that clinches the deal as far as sending some home. This time it's definitely not a rumor. The only drawback is that 12 more were scheduled to go, but mine was scratched due to the lack of transportation facilities. That puts me down to 19th on the list, so it appears as though it will be a slow process. Nonetheless, I still feel confident that within three months the problem will be solved and I'll be on my way. October will be a good month to get back. I'll be able to wear my winter clothes, which will be a big savings as I would have to buy all new summer clothes. Also, I'll be able to see some football games. What a thrill that will be. I'm sorry you have so much to do with Ida not there, and I do hope her husband is better and she is back now and you're able to relax a little bit. How is Dad liking your cooking? So, you're going back to Chicago. Seems as though you just returned. It will be nice for you to be there for Richie's birthday. It should be a big celebration now that he has become such a big boy. No more news for now. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly, hoping you're well. Don't be too lonesome. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The king is raving about the recent letters and packages from home. The food is arriving, and he's anticipating 
the Melba toast. He's also pausing to wish his father a very happy birthday. Ironically, Milton Silverfield was born on July 4th in 1891. He was born in what was considered Russia, possibly the Ukraine or even Lithuania. So Stanley is a first-generation American. As I share the King's letters with you again today, it's 131 years after the birth of his father, and it's late March of 2022, and Russia has invaded Ukraine, and the war is raging in that country, and the NATO alliance has stiffened its spine with American leadership. And the legacy of the Silver King continues in the happiness and joy of his great-granddaughter, Madison Ann. The Silver King is battling boredom and dreaming of dill pickles. As he writes to his family on July 5th, 1945, Dearest ones, thanks for your very sweet letter of June 25th. I'm glad that you agreed with my idea of going to New Orleans. If it could be like I have planned it in my mind, we would have a marvelous time. Now you'll have to talk to Leona and Lee about going. They will have to go along for it to be perfect because they are included in my plans. I haven't written them about it yet, so let me know what they think of it. I haven't received the cap yet, but I'm looking forward to it. There should be plenty of boxes on the way, and I can hardly wait for the dill pickles. Thank goodness Ida is back. Now you won't have to work so hard and begin taking it easy again. I'm glad her husband is better. No new steps have been taken since the last three men left. However, the rumor has it more will be moved within the week. I won't be among the next group to leave, and whether I am in the second group will depend on how many men are put on the orders. In the meantime, I can only hope for the best and look forward to your letters. You must forgive this short letter. It's late, and there really isn't much news. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly and hoping you're well. Love to Ida. I love you and I miss you, Stan. The Silver King had a serious planning gene, and I got that one too. I'm always imagining where we'll travel to next and how it will happen. His imagination had the family going to New Orleans to celebrate his return from the war. And while he awaits that trip, he's also imagining dill pickles in his near future. He's spending these days at the officers' club, playing cards, gambling, having quiet times, and talking about the states with his guys. The Silver King had a busy writing day on July 8, 1945. He penned two letters to his family, one of three pages and the other of two. And these weren't easy letters 
to write because even though his war in Europe was over, the uncertainty about what was ahead for him caused the great ripples of concern to travel back over the ocean and land in Birmingham for another day. You know that Stanley has worked so hard throughout these years to keep his family informed and comfortable at the same time, hoping that they won't worry too much and reminding them that he's doing his part. Now he's waiting to get home, and they shouldn't be overly concerned. His first letter of the day begins, Dearest Ones. Well, you've read about the Ninth Air Force being redeployed, and I'm afraid you've become unnecessarily excited. It's true, part of the Air Force is being deployed, but fortunately I'm not in that part. The groups going to the States and elsewhere consist solely of fighters and fighter bombers. Consequently, my being in a medium outfit does not include me in the redeployment, which is just as well. I'm sorry you had to become so overwhelmed. I should have warned you, because now you'll probably be disappointed. And as another point of information, where did you get the idea that a furlough to the States was only mine for the asking? I well realize it's difficult for you to grasp the operations of the Army, but still you must see the illogical reasoning of this. Why, if it were true, there would be no problem at all. So discard that from your mind right now. However, as a morale booster, I can pass along a little information. Two more fellows are leaving tomorrow for home. Not as many as I would like to see go, but everyone helps a little. It puts me a little higher on the list, and now there are only 17 ahead of me. Only transportation facilities will depend on the length of time it takes before they reach me. More and more, I think of being home, and every time you write little things like seeing Jane at the club, I feel a sting of nostalgia and want to be there so badly. And the Silver King bristles a bit about more news from home as he writes, I'm not surprised at Marvin Warner becoming a major. It seems that all the ground personnel, mostly the ones behind a desk, receive the high rank. I might be as high as I can go, but I'll always know within myself that I didn't fight the war from behind the desk while other guys were being killed. As you can see, I'm prejudiced, and rightly so. No more news for now. Oh, I just had a recount on the list of eligibles. I'm 13th instead of 17th, as I had thought. Keep your fingers crossed for me. I'm fine thinking of you constantly and hoping you're well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley wrote pages throughout his war to keep the temperature down at home while he was battling abroad. And of course, he did appreciate some of the news from Birmingham, 
But anything about Jane, a woman he still loved, was hurtful. And now the king has moved to 13th on the list for travel to the States. Continuing his expressive mood on July 8th, he writes again, Dearest ones, this was a beautiful Sunday, really one of the few we've had, and receiving two letters and a package from you made it even more beautiful. Needless to say how completely surprised I was at Lee's contemplating enlistment in the Merchant Marine. I was afraid they would reach him sooner or later, though this idea of the Merchant Marine seems to be a good one. I'm really sorry he has to go. As you say, it doesn't seem right to call married men now that the war here is over. But you must remember that every day men are being discharged, men who have seen combat, and someone must take their place. I'm quite sure he has made the wisest move, as the branches of service hold nothing for him whatsoever. The news about his brother-in-law, Lee Bernstein, surprises the king, and he writes, Since Lee will be in Brooklyn, I'll probably see him before the rest of you. Today I have excellent news for you. It isn't that I'm leaving for the States, but it's the next thing to it. All the fellows ahead of me on the list except one are leaving tomorrow. Yes, after tomorrow I shall be next to the highest man in the squadron. That means one more call from headquarters and I shall be on my way. So my next letter might be the one with the news I've been waiting so long to write. Just imagine the surprise. I'm as excited as a kid with a new toy. Things are working out okay after all. I'll write again tomorrow if there are any new developments. Keep well in love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King wrote of those new developments on July 10th, 1945. Dearest ones, this is the letter I've been waiting to write for the past 10 months, and I'm so excited I'm afraid I won't be very coherent. Yes, after 10 months of anxiety and loneliness, I can say the precious words that have been stored in my mind. Mom and Dad, I'm on my way home. It's true this time. I received the wonderful news late last night that I leave here tomorrow morning. Stanley, in his excitement, writes, I'm not writing anyone else because I'm so excited that I can't sit still long enough. You'll have to convey the news to the rest of the family. So, on the receipt of this, you can stop all my correspondence. Here's the way it will work. Tomorrow afternoon, I will be flown to Paris. There is a depot there which I will have to report to. That's as much as I know now. There are three ways I can be moved out of there. Either I will go from there to England to catch a boat, or I will catch a boat from a port here in France, or by a slight possibility will catch a plane direct to the U.S. Which of these it will be, I don't know, 
but I'm hoping for the plane. In that way, I can be home in no time at all, while by boat it would take some time. Consequently, I can give you no clue when I shall arrive in the States. It might be a week or two months. If I should happen to go by plane, I would be there before this letter. So if you haven't heard from me when you receive this, you can take it for granted. I'm on a boat. I have one and only one regret of leaving this godforsaken country. And that is my best buddy is not going with me. He is without doubt the swellest guy I have ever met and ever hoped to meet. His name is Joe Dunlop from Ohio. I don't believe I ever wrote you about him, so when I get home, I can tell you about him. Unfortunately, he has one mission less than I do and didn't make the list. I do hate to leave him after being together for a year, but I have hopes of him catching me in Paris since he is so close behind. Thank goodness, yesterday I received the cap and ties. Thanks a million for doing as I asked. The cap is exactly what I wanted. Now I can go home, looking as I should. I also received your letter of June 2nd today. It was a wonderful send-off present. I'm going to miss your letters every day until I get home. I canceled my allotment today. The one for July will be the last one. Well, I must close now and start packing. I won't promise to write soon because I don't know where or when I'll be. Just be patient. From here on out, know I'm on my way. Good night for the last time from France. I'll see you soon. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The king has his cap and ties, so he will look crisp upon his return to the States. As he prepares to pack, he signs off from France. Good night for the last time from France. His good night was dated July 10th. And as our hero packs for his travel to Paris and then departure for the States, we have reached the end of this episode of the epilogue for Dearest Ones, the letters that our hero, the Silver King, wrote to his family throughout the war. And this is part 40, and you are listening to The Silver King's War. <laughs>